Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. I know you're following me along our journey to Florida. We are actually in North Carolina right now and and, uh, hunkered down here for a day of work on the floating home, but I've got a really fantastic interview to share with you. Um, My guest is named Preddy, and uh, just a little background, we were just chatting in the green room, Preddy like Freddy, because it's spelled P-R-A-D-Y, so I like to make sure, I think that's a sign of respect when you pronounce somebody's name the correct way. So he has never been somebody to slow down. He's only 28 or actually at 28, he has founded and sold more than two dozen businesses. I'm going to ask him about that. He is the uh, current CEO of Azoth and the uh, Tawari Group, which which has over a hundred million in real estate holdings. Wow. He founded Azoth because while getting his law degree and competing as a professional bodybuilder, he found it difficult to achieve the kind of productivity that he was looking for and he's so turned to the science of nootropics, nutritional supplements that target specific areas of concern for the user. After learning firsthand about their, their efficacy, Freddy, uh, Freddy, sorry, Freddy partnered with a manufacturer in order to bring nootropics to people all over the world. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to keep reading. Freddy, this is the, this, your uh, bio has the more words to trip me up than anybody in seven years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, anyway, Freddy is uh, currently on a mission to teach entrepreneurs about the opportunities that exist around the world. Um, he's a very uh, inspirational guy. Just in our quick chat, he really wants to inspire and share his story. So I'm excited to have him on. Freddy, how are you doing today? Hey, uh, Jim, it's fantastic to be on. And uh, thanks for uh, providing me this platform. I'm really looking forward to... Uh, to be on the show and providing some actionable advice that uh, some of uh, your listeners can take with them and apply to their business um, right after they listen to it. Wonderful. Have you ever been interviewed by somebody who lives on a boat before? No. Uh, when I uh, when I heard about it, I thought it was that was. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I need to get you on a, on an interview and ask you all about that. I, I would love to do that. Yeah, we've. Uh, well, I'm coming up on 20 years as an entrepreneur like you, serial entrepreneur, and just created this uh, business which affords us to be able to live what we call our big adventure, traveling up and down the coast and, and things like that. But anyway, this is about you. And, you know, are, so in your bio, um, Preddy, you said at 28, he had found, are you 28 now or was that just kind of a benchmark? I am 28 right now, actually. I'm, I'm actually turning 28, this uh, 29 this week, but I'm 28 as we speak. So Wow. Oh my God. So, so uh, two dozen businesses, one of them has to be baseball cards when you were six or lawn cutting business when you were 10, <laughs> I'm guessing, right? Uh, no, I think my, my, my first real, I mean, that I count my first real business, um, you know, for me, that's something where you have, um, what I count as like a business where I have employees and I'm, I'm scaling, um, and I have, it's like an officially incorporated business. And that was when I was 18 years old when I got to college. And, uh, that's how I kind of got, got my start. And, you know, with business, the, the cool thing about business sometimes is that you're, you're going to have failures in business and things are not always going to go your way. But the thing with business is you can be wrong 
over and over again, but you just got to be right once. Yes. And if you're right once, then that becomes the story that travels. Like that's what people remember. So um, I had um, some, 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 uh, uh, some success early on, and then that kind of became my, my, my track record and what people talked about, and that kind of veneered and, and started a cascade effect of all the other businesses that I was involved with. And or people ask me, man, you've done something. Why, can you help me out with my business idea? Or I have an existing business, or my family has a business that's kind of struggling. Um, can you help out? And that's kind of how that happened. So the first one, I think... Uh, is really the, like your first success is the hardest one. And then after that, the success kind of builds upon each other. It's always challenging. There's always new challenges, but it kind of builds upon each other. And, and you, you are able to give people some confidence that you know uh, what you're doing, which is very important. So I'm curious about the, the science of nootropics. Is that yeah. having to do with nutrition, I'm thinking? or? Well, yeah. So, so nootropics are a, a class of ingredients um, within within a, the supplement field, uh, and what they are able to do is that they're able to um, increase uh, blood flow to the brain. And so, what that is allows you to do is to decrease reaction time, increase memory retention, um, accelerates learning speed. Um, and so, I stumbled upon these. Um, I was doing some research, and there's a story behind why I was doing this. But doing some research about how to able to help myself save more time and give myself more time in my day. Like that's what I wanted to do. And because I felt always like I'm involved in so many different things. I was going to school full time, working, starting my businesses, competing in bodybuilding. But I was like, man, I'm able to do all these things quite well. What if I just had more time in my day? What, what would that mean? Like, could I accomplish more? So I went on a little journey to find out how I could do that. And so one of the things I stumbled upon were, were these class of ingredients, like I just talked about nootropics. And they were actually used uh, by the Soviets um, in the 70s and 80s pretty heavily to provide sort of astronauts and scientists um, as a way to get an old edge in the, during the space race. So I thought it was really interesting. And I started, um, you know, um, assembling these nootropics, getting them in a, in a chem lab and using them myself. And, uh, you know, long story short, several years later, I am now uh, producing nootropics and manufacturing nootropics and selling them uh, to consumers worldwide. Well, that's awesome. So um, no small achievement. You, you are a lawyer, entrepreneur, bodybuilder. I mean, each one of those is like a full time, you know, 80 hour a week gig. Yeah. Uh, how many of those are you doing now? Um, I'm still involved in all of them. I mean, I, uh, I, uh, right now, all my focus is mostly on my entrepreneurial side. So I, I started um, working uh, after I graduated from law school. I already had several businesses, and, but I had an opportunity to go full-time. I decided, you know what, I want to practice um, and, and put my legal degree to work. So I worked in a, in a big law firm, uh, but then I, I switched off and went full-time in my own thing back again. Um, so now the question is, like, does legal, does that still apply? And the answer is yes. I mean, if you're a business, uh, business person and you're running a company, you have employees, I mean, contracts and the legal part of stuff is always going to you know, be part of anything you do. So um, I would still say that I use it very heavily. Um, I think there isn't a day that I don't read a contract or um, there isn't something going on with the legal part of it. And then bodybuilding and fitness is still that I'm, I'm still heavily involved. Um, last time I competed was um, a little bit over a year ago. So I haven't competed in, in about a year, but I still train, uh, you know, at five, six days a week uh, religiously. And uh, it's a big part of my, of my day. So I'm, I'm still involved in all facets of that. 
Well, that's awesome. I'm just curious. So I read uh, you have a lot of real estate holdings. Are you one of the guys who takes the uh, settlements, which could go two hours and make it go eight hours by reading every page? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I, I, yeah, so you, you can, I mean, depending on it's, it's about providing and every, every situation is, is, uh, is different. When I started out, I was very, very meticulous in the details. I'm still like that. Um, But now it's less me doing it and having more of my team that I trust uh, taking care of most of that stuff. But uh, when it comes to real estate, I started that um, also during my college years. After the first business I sold, I wanted to figure out, well, what, what do I do with um, the extra liquid that I had? And I, and I knew that I wanted to, um, instead of just keep it in the bank, which I, I don't always think is the right thing to do, I wanted to have see that grow. So I, I said, well, what's probably the best way to do that and why I can still go to school and finish my degree. So I wanted to put it into something passive. Now, passive income is something that's thrown around a lot. And I think um, you know, people say, well, you have an online business that's passive. Well, not really. Um, the only two things that I really think are really passive income is you know, real estate. If you have a buy and hold, it's quite, it's quite passive to some degree. And then if you invest in like stocks or bonds, and that's not something that you have to always touch, but even then they, they require no touch point. So I went into real estate and invested in buy and hold properties to college students. Um, and I provided, um, so bought places where college students would rent out and, um, and that's where I started with my, my real estate and it was just one, one uh, project after the next. And that's how we, uh, uh, you know, I scaled that. And now I have uh, my own, my own firm that does it. That's fascinating. So, uh, Azoth, is that the right way to say that? Yeah. Uh, I say, uh, Azoth or Azoth. Um, so two, 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 two ways. I have some people in my own team that pronounce it one or the other, but okay. Yeah. So that's the company now that you, that you started after the whole science of nootropics kicked in. This is the company that's distributing, Yep. Um, these things all over the world. That's amazing. How did, did you start um, locally, grow regionally, yeah. nationally, and then internationally, or did you just go big fast? I first, no, um, not, I didn't go big fast um, at all. It was, it was basically, I, I was using this while I was in law school. Um, and there was a point in law school where um, it was, I had always prided myself like running several businesses while in college and doing like 10 different things. But when I got to law school, um, kind of, it was a little different because obviously the level of academics and academia is much, much, much higher. So I knew that if I wanted to succeed, it's not an option for me to quit something. I just wanted to do everything. Um, And so I started um, taking nootropics myself during law school. And I then uh, started telling my friends about it because they were asking me about it. Hey, man, what are, you, what are you taking? I want to try it too. And then I started distributing in my law school and that's kind of how it grew. So it's not a, there was no, initially it was no plan to be like a real business. There was no, it was actually no concept uh, behind creating a business behind this, um, but it kind of just happened because there was a demand for it. Still, at the end of the day, it's not, it's not a, um, it's not a product necessarily that everyone can relate with because, you know, when people ask us, what do you do? Well, we create supplements that help provide people more time in their day. That's it. But some people will say, well, if I have more time in my day, like what will I do? I don't, I don't know. I don't want more time in my day. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so it really also depends on the type of customers we get. They're usually people who have a lot going on, who are entrepreneurs, who want more time because what they're working on is, 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 is it sets their soul on fire. They love that. Um, so it is always going to be a specific crowd that we attract. It's not like a consumption product, like a Netflix product or like a candy or snacks where you're going to get mass consumption. That's, that's not... Um, who you're going to get with a product like this. 
Yeah, so uh, you're kind of like a Michael Dell. He started uh, building computers in his dorm room, right? That's kind of how he started. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's a lot of stories like that for the entrepreneurs. But it's, it's also like you have to, um, you know, sometimes you have this whole concept that you've got to have, you know, the strategy and a go-to-market plan and, and stuff like that. But some of the businesses just start kind of organic. And at the end of the day, like I always believe in having a strong product-to-market pull, which means that you must have a market that wants your product um, and there's no better way than to do that through grassroots, right? Because if you try to raise a lot of money and scale really quickly, um, there's a lot of inefficiencies in your business that oftentimes get covered up. So that was the process here. I had no intention of doing that. Started my law school. Then I, some people started saying, oh, like maybe we should sell it online. Then it was very small. I mean, we were doing, doing a few hundred you know, units a month. And then it started growing pretty organically. And even today now we have a business where we do very, very, very little of paid advertising, if any at all. It's all organic still. Um, but we're able to grow it um, just because it, it took a little time. But, you know, it's not like something that, uh, you know, you'd have to wait 20 years for it, but it's going to be a little slower than if you go, go all out. But that was never the business plan for me um, ever. So. so just curious, is that um, through social media or, or yeah. direct referrals? Okay, so you're creating a lot of buzz through social media? Social media is key. Um, that's the first thing. And then also my, my thing has always been is uh, you got to have a direct pipeline to your customers. I mean, that's super key. So the first time we got 500 customers, I said, let's like, let's, let's shut everything down. I want to just have these 500 customers. So I went above and beyond for the first 500 customers. And then they started talking to their friends and family about it. And that's how the, the business really grew. So you can, as a, as a small business, you might not have the resources to target the mainstream consumer, but you can target people within your niche. And if you, and if you make them, if you get given all your priority and your time, they will then tell their friends and their moms and their dads. And that's how the, the business can grow. So that's how it's been. Wow. So you've started and grown more than two dozen businesses already yep. by 28. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people that listen to my show and follow me online are, are somewhat new, new newbies, new entrepreneurs yep. and people, you know, getting their first six figures and, and then moving on. I, I think so many people, I don't, I'm curious about your, uh, input on this. So many people fear actually, you know, putting skin in the game, you know, well, I'm going to, I give an idea, but let me see if I can just post on Facebook or go on Twitter, or if I can just do this, they want to grow by cash flow alone, if, and when it comes, I'm sure, especially to develop the real estate holdings you have and, and the other things you must have had to invest in yourself. Yeah. I mean, you have to. And like the end of the day, like we, we like right now through the internet, there's like so many ways sometimes to test out something, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to execute. And so, you know, if you think about it, like what makes a, a great entrepreneur, a great entrepreneur and a good entrepreneur, a good entrepreneur, the difference between great and good um, is that great is able to like have a plan and execute as quickly as possible. Whereas the good entrepreneur is still thinking about it and it hasn't executed yet. Um, in business, you're going to be wrong like all the time. Even if you're, you know, what if someone says, I'm a great entrepreneur, I mean, what, what is that? Um, you know, is it, do you have some intuition or what, you know, there's so many different factors, but it's also the ability to, when you, ex you, when you execute, you know that you might be wrong and that you're continuously testing hypotheses and it's okay to continue pivoting. So um, when you have an idea, you got to have skin in the game, you got to invest in it. And then you have to be really good at being able to listen to market feedback and like pivot as quickly as you can. And I think most people just don't have the, 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 the stomach for that. And 
that's that, that is entrepreneurship. I mean, it's, it's a very high risk, uh, you know, uh, thing to do. It's a lot of times it's like kind of like legalized gambling. I mean, you're not, are you going to always succeed? Probably not. Are you likely to succeed? Probably not. So it's only for, I, I think, a certain type of character that wants to kind of do that and has, has enjoyment with it. But so, a lot of times I see people like, okay, well, I don't really know what to do with my life. So I just should start a business. And I think that's a wrong reason to start a business. Uh, like no one cares about why you want to start a business. What they care about is like, how are you going to solve their problems? And so um, the, the uh, you know, short answer to that is you have to put skin in the game. And the only way you're going to find out is by executing. Like you can't know by putting out always like putting out surveys or sending out a tweet. It's just, you're not going to know. You got to have skin in the game and be willing to fail. I know you've got a lot of expertise, um, Freddie, in scaling and systematizing yeah. and optimizing and things like that. Is that was that a lot of trial and error? Did you study that in school or how did that? Oh, no, it's about? it's trial and error executing. I mean, because scaling and like all the things that I'm even saying, like people will hopefully get some stuff away from it. But like a lot of the stuff is like stuff that you have to go through and, and then you learn, right? So. Um, let, let's take, for instance, something like scaling. People think, well, scaling, what is that? Is it just like adding more employees? Like what is scaling? But the concept of scaling is being able to add more processes or increase profit over your bottom line without breaking any of the process, right? And so you know, how do you do that appropriately? Well, it's, it's by setting up systems in your business that are automated that you don't have to, with low touch points, and right? And that takes a long time to get to that spot. And you know, sometimes you have a cash flow positive business, but it's not scalable. Um, so how did I learn this? I learned this from uh, just the hard way where I had a, and I, I told the story a few times, um, but I had an opportunity where a private equity firm came in and they wanted to uh, purchase our company. And I remember during a due diligence phase, uh, they came to our office site and to our facility. And then they said, uh, I got to be honest, but I, I, we, we can't buy your business. And I was like, well, why not? He said, the problem is that you're here. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm here. He's like, well, that's the problem. And what he was saying is that I, as the founder, was involved in every part of the business from manufacturing to distribution to fulfillment. He's like, if we buy this business, it's not going to survive. The cash flow is totally dependent on your input all the time. And there's no automation. There's nothing that we can just take over. So uh, a big lesson for me because that business was very cash flow positive and they ended up acquiring a business that was barely breaking even, but they had systems in place. So um, it taught me about the importance of systems and the importance of you can only get to a certain level by doing everything and hacking everything together. Uh, you need to have a system that can scale um, and that comes through uh, things that can be automated, that can grow um, and they're not going to break apart. That's really, really important. I teach people a lot about that as well. You got you got, because at the end of the day, if you do sell the business, people are going to be looking for cash flow. They're going to look, you know, for a good customer list, and they're also going to want to know if if you close the deal on a Friday, you disappear off, you know, to the beach or to your boat. Is the business going to keep running on Monday? And um, so many business owners are just so immersed, as as you said. That's a and people don't think about that, and then they think, well, let me sell my business. What if I get it done in six to twelve months? It's like a three to five year minimum deal to get yourself ready. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and you, you have to, and, and, and it's a process and it also, it brings up the big question. I mean, why is entrepreneurship is very popular right now, but I always tell people it's like, you know, in the eighties, nineties, it was like being a pilot and then it was being a doctor, then it was being an attorney. And now the cool thing, it's just the trend and the fad is to be an entrepreneur. Like that's just a thing. And after five or 10 years, it's going to be something else. So don't do it just because it's a fad right now. And because you're like, I don't know what to do with my life or I don't know what to do. So I just start my own business. I think it's a horrible reason to start one. So this should be, this is a, it's a profession. Um, like I wouldn't, you wouldn't recommend everyone to become a doctor or a lawyer. Like it's not for everyone. So 
um, figure out what it takes to be an entrepreneur, whether you like that stuff. And the best way to do that is not to read about it online, but I would always say to go and talk to real business owners and like shadow them, see what they do in their day. Um, and then see if that's really the, the life you want to live. And that's really what it's about because it's not a 10 day process or there's no hundred day program to get you to like the next level. It, it, it takes time and, and you got to have the stomach for it. And it's, it's not for everyone. There's nothing wrong with that. There's many ways in life to become successful without entrepreneurship too. So exactly. You know, I think it's interesting that you're a bodybuilder because there's so much discipline that goes into that. Like you can't, well, I don't feel like working out today. You know? I mean, there's so much discipline, which I think, it, and discipline is a huge part of entrepreneurship. Does, is that, is that lost on you that, that you're a bodybuilder and an entrepreneur? Or? <laughs> no, I, I, they came, I mean, I started bodybuilding I was 14, 15 and competitively 16. And then right while I was deep in my bodybuilding, um, you know, that's when I, start thinking about entrepreneurship, but it, it is absolutely discipline. Um, it's discipline, but also the willingness to not follow the grain, right? And I think that's really important because in bodybuilding, we learn that, you know, you're, you're on your own and you're doing something that other people just won't be able to relate to. They don't understand why you're eating a certain way, why you're doing certain things, why are you drinking that type of water, why are you not eating? So, and entrepreneurship is the same thing. It's not a, um, it's not a celebrity. You're not a celebrity by being an entrepreneur. Like people think that's that. It's you're by yourself mostly alone. You won't be able to relate to a lot of people. Um, they're not, you're not on their schedule. You know, it, like even during the holidays, like during Christmas and Thanksgiving, like I, um, like I'm not on everyone. Like for me, that's the busiest time of the year. Like, so I'm here with family and I'm on my phone and my laptop because we do a lot of sales Black Friday. So as an entrepreneur, you're not on everyone else's schedule and timeline. So you have to be okay with being just by yourself and being alone. And there's nothing wrong. There's a, you're not, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. You're not lonely, but you're alone. And I think discipline teaches you that it's okay to be that way. You know? What a, what a, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I want to ask you another question, then we're going to give it, wrap it up here. You've built so many businesses, and I, I, a lot of the people I talk to, and I think this is one of the downsides of social media, is that people make it look like, I'm going to start a business, and then let me take a picture of you, myself with my private plane, <laughs> you know, that type <laughs> yeah. of thing. Um, why is it okay to be okay with starting small and growing from there? It says, like, you know, oh, I want my first six figures in 30 days. I want to be at seven figures by the end of the year. <laughs> That's not reality. Yeah, it's it's not reality, and it's there's nothing wrong with being small. Um, and, and I'm gonna say something for, for to, to to everyone listening. Like a lot of people listening, they'll look at like the big guys and like the big companies, and they'll say, "Man, I just I, I can't do what they're doing. Like I just can't. I just too much." Like sometimes you look at businesses, like dude, like man, they're crushing it on social, they're doing that, and it's very easy to like get lost in like trying to compare yourself. But and it's it's true. I'm going to tell people it's true. Like you can't do what the big, big companies can, but they can't do what you can do either. Right. So like always play your own strengths. And even if you're, if, if you're small revel in the fact, it's a good thing sometimes to be small because you can do things. No other big business can do. You can ship out orders faster. You can do handwritten notes. You can call your customers. You can talk to them. You can release products quicker. So um, I would always tell people it's okay to start small and, and revel in the fact and celebrate it because it allows you to do things that other people cannot. And it, the, the process of building a business is, is, is hard. And um, if you think that you're going to make a lot of money right away, I mean, I think that is already a, a, a lost mentality. That's not, it's not about you. It's not about your goals. Um, entrepreneurship is, serve, is, is one of the best public service that you can do because you're solving a problem at scale for a lot of people that really need a problem solved. 
So there's no other like way that is, <laughs> that's going to provide this much public service, I, I think. So if you're not someone who likes to serve, it's, it's not for you. So I think the whole profit and money thing, that's great, but that comes much later. Um, and I think the first thing is like, how can I serve everyone? So I, I'm really big on finding characters and, and people like when I'm investing in businesses, I always try to find out why they're doing it. And if I hear a lot of conversation about, I want to make a lot of cash flow, or I don't know what to do in my life or I, 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 and I'm like, well, it's not about you, man. So yeah, I, I think that's what it's really about uh, serving and, and service, you know? You know, what's interesting is that, uh, I've known a lot of people who have, I've known them when they started, I've known them when they've grown and very often they make more net money, right? When they're small to medium size and also oh, yeah. they grow and it's, you know, <laughs> I have this expression, gross is for vanity, nets for sanity. It's not, you know, there's an old, I'd never met this person, but it's an old, I don't know if it's folklore or whatever, but I'm sure it's true. There was a guy who had a seven-figure speaking business. He was on the road putting on big events. Seven people brought in a million dollars in revenue, but it cost him a million fifty dollars to run his events. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I, I couldn't agree more. Um, as you scale, sometimes you'll find that uh, you will actually make less and less money. So uh, that's totally true. I mean, every business that I've scaled, uh, our, our net like profit like takes a massive hit in the beginning. That's just part of the process. So right. I, I, I totally agree with you on that. And you always have to think about like, well, what is your profit? What do you keep it in hand? And, and you'll notice like more money, more problems. So you have to be okay with that. When you're scaling your business, you're also scaling your problems. So as part of that. You know, part of the process. That's that's definitely quotable right there. Well, Pretty, I was excited when I saw you come on my calendar. I'm I'm very, very appreciative of your time in the interview today. I'm sure people want to connect with you and learn more about you. So go ahead and give out your uh, 411 information. Right. Well, people can uh, look me up, P-R-A-D-Y-T-E-W-A-R-I-E. Uh, you can look me up uh, just on Google and online. Um, if you go on Instagram, you can send me a direct message. I try to respond. Um, I uh, oftentimes talk about like scaling and how to do that. So what I, what I, what I put together is uh, by the time this episode releases, I'm putting together how I um, am building um, Azith, which is my, my own uh, online business and how I did that. Um, this is now, uh, we don't uh, like sell courses or anything like that. So there's not a, you don't have to pay for this. It's just a online stuff that I'm just uh, telling people how I did it. So you can find that uh, on scale, S C A L E dot get azot.com G E T A Z O T H.com. Um, and you can uh, read all about that. If you're interested in the nootropic, you can go to get azot.com G E T A Z O T H.com. And then if you enter the code uh, dream, um, you'll get a, a code, uh, which is on me, which is uh, the product that cost. So very cool. Freddie, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Jim. It was a pleasure to be on and I appreciate the platform, my friend. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Dream Business Radio This today and this week, anyway, from North Carolina. Um, be sure to check out my next live event, Dream Business Academy. It's going to be in Orlando, February 13th and 14th, DBA Orlando, dbaorlando.com for the details. And that is it. Until next week, another awesome interview. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.